Welcome back to Onto the Ball. Happy New Year from all the lads at Onto the Ball. I'm here with James OB to go over Liverpool 4, Newcastle 2. Uh, OB, how are you, mate? You have a good New Year? Yeah, really good, Scott. You? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good. Um, so that's it. Liverpool are top of the pile into the yes. New Year. 4-2 against Newcastle, who are having a bit of a tough time at the minute, but you can only beat what's in front of you. We made hard work of it. A couple of contentious penalties, which we'll go through, of course. But the main thing is that Arsenal are dropping points. Man City look indifferent. Man United are mid-table at best. The Reds are top of the pile. When we started onto the ball in September 2022, we thought we'd be coming on doing podcasts about being top of the league and it absolutely stunk the place out. We had a horrid season and now, as we always say, the cliche in football, it can turn around fast and here we are at the top of the league. So you'll take that all day long, won't you? Absolutely. And the thing is, we've got to call out that the, the manager's driven that change again. Um the change of personnel, the change of tactics, and, and particularly in games, he's switching the team in games. And it's it's a difference. It's proven to be the small margins of tactically changing things around when things aren't going quite so well, or you see a period of a game we need to do something different. I'm sure we'll get into it. But um, when when you're in an, an knife edge, um, deciding to bring on McAllister for, for a defensive midfielder, was it was brave, very, very brave. And, and that's the kind of moment that got us over the line in the end because McAllister's great ball through and it's 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 a bigger thing for Klopp it's, it's always been that he's got that ability to just be that little bit better than his opposition manager and I think um, it's, it's showing again it's showing again he looks revitalised he looks well up for it and um, I think it's going to help us a lot in, with the rest of the season Well last season on the podcast I was crying out for Jurgen Klopp to resign because he wasn't getting back by FSG and you were calling me mad. Thank God you were right and I was wrong because as we just said at the top of the show, things turn around fast and here we are. Um, obviously, FSG backed him in the summer. Uh, not so much backed him as in what Arteta has been backed or Pep Guardiola has been backed or Ten Hag has been backed, but certainly by Liverpool standards of net spend, he's been backed. Um, and he's, he's made very, very few mistakes in the transfer market. And it looks like he's done it again. Um, and if this is a half-baked apology from me to Wataru Endo, you were right, I was wrong. You know, the thing I love about Endo the most, Obi, is that, he, yes, he's, he's a bit slow on the ball, the transition. He's a bit slow getting out of his feet. He's not the best with his passing range. But for a DM, I mean, Lucas made his whole career being a DM. Who, who was no frills, but he loved the battle. He loved the tackle. And Wataru Endo, Endo is right up that street. He's had another fantastic game again yesterday. He's a bit like, remember Nat Phillips? He's on loan at yeah. Celtic. He loved the yeah. tackle. He loved the head. It doesn't matter if his body uh, gets broken or injured. In the meantime, Endo is in that mould and he's doing everything that a DM needs to do. No frills, breaking up the play. Exactly what we need when McAllister was out injured. It's, it's really simple, isn't it? And it's like um, the covering of the back four if one of them's up. There was a part of the game where uh, Van Dyke was up the field and he stayed up there. And I thought, Who, who's at the back? And it was just Endo covering. And it's like, I'll, I'll cover, it's not a problem. The, the, the other midfielders who've been playing would be Slobbersly, Jones. They were working really, really hard off the ball as well. And you see that, you can see the energy. And I think Klopp said, Klopp said to them, go out. Give me 60 minutes of your best performance and you'll get a 
pat on the back and you come off. And that's exactly what's happening in these games. And our, our, our squad is strong enough that when we're bringing on subs, we're not really dipping in quality. We're actually well, if anything, adding... it's the opposite. Yeah, sorry <laughs> exactly. to take the words out of your mouth. We're adding more. Yeah. And you've been the first to call it. This season, it's about utilising them five subs smartly, cleverly. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone's doing it better than Klopp right now, is he? No, no, he's not. And the fact of the matter is that some of the best performances we've had this season have been Elliot off the bench, Nunes off the bench, um, Gakpo off the bench. And, you know, th- these guys are coming on and they're making a huge difference to what we're doing. And Jota, the, Harvey Elliott, the list is just exactly, endless. Exactly, exactly. And, it's, and it's, it's becoming a substitute game. And I've, I, I think having the squad and be able to go, go and give me 60 minutes and you're fine. You know what I mean? If you can only go and give me 60 minutes, go and give me 60 minutes. They can see what the stats are on the person. They can see when the running's dipping and they'll go, okay, you come off, someone else comes on. And um, I think I think it's made a massive difference this season, just the ability to rotate. And he's obviously he's brought in them, them, them new strikers, uh, them new midfielders, um, mixed them up with the strikers that he's had. And he's just saying to them, go out, run your heart out. And the options we've got midfielders, we've got, was it five, six of them? Is it six of them who can easily just run and run and run and cover and produce quality at points in the game? And that must be disheartening, especially if you're a midfielder um, of another team and you have to play, you know you're going to be playing 90 minutes because they've got nothing on the bench. And you've, you've, you've been up against it for 60 minutes and you see someone come on who's fit and ready to go, you know? So um, it makes a massive difference, Scott. Oh, it's huge. I mean, obviously we're getting a few players who are shining at the minute, but is anyone playing better than Joe Gomez right now? He's like the utility player of your dreams. I think he's been, if he's not been man of the match the last five games, he's been second man of the match in all five. Um, There was one of them where I said he's an outright man of the match. I can't remember what game it was, Uh, but he's just been absolutely fantastic. He has, he has, and he's player of this player of the month for December, surely. Oh yeah, I would have thought so. And what what I'd also say about Gomez is he's now playing in fullback roles as opposed to centre back roles, which is where a lot of a lot of the Liverpool supporters have always thought he's he's better. Um, mm-hmm. We've said it before. You've said it no end of times. He's a good fullback, and he can play on the left side as well. He's done it the odd time mm-hmm. previously, quite a long time ago. But he he just adds quality. And he just knows where to be at the right time. He's got the pace. Um, he's big as well for a fullback. So he's got that ability to, to tuck back in and not be overpowered if someone tries to go to the back stick and, and overrun the, the fullback. So it gives us really good options defensively. And I'd also say as well, I know he hasn't scored in, what is it, like 350-odd games or something. But at some point, he's going to score. It's coming. You can, it's coming, you can isn't quote, it? You could quote this moment. He's going <laughs> to score in the next few games, and I can see it happening. Yes, what a lovely sight that would be for Joe Gomez. Uh, we've got five people watching and there's a few in the comments. We're going to go through them uh, soon. Really appreciate you all um, tuning in. And don't forget, if you're new to the channel, like, subscribe, as my boy, Football Forever, Jose. Cheers, Jose. Um, yesterday, Gary Neville talked about world-class in our team. The easy ones to mention, roll off the tongue. It's obviously Allison. it's Van Dyke. it's Mo Salah. Trent Alexander-Arnold is in that now. He's absolutely incredible as a footballer. I mean, just think of that shot he had on the byline. Imagine that rattled the post and went in. It'd be goal of the season or at least challenge Garnacho's goal of the season. 
I heard an I heard an argument that if he meant that, it was ridiculous him trying. Oh, it. he meant it. He and meant I, it. I know he meant he clearly meant it, but the, the fact of the matter is, he believes his own ability to be able to do it. Now, I honestly believe that he's probably done something like that in training and thought I could do it again because he's got that much quality and he believes himself that much that I think he. I think, I think, I think he, he thought he was going to score. I, I really believe that. And you watch your confidence in everything he does. He's, he's absolute quality. His passing range is off the chart. Um, he's causing so many problems because I think his touch has got a lot better. If you watch his yeah. first touch, his first touch, he's killing it dead. And it sets him up to do everything. So it looks like he's been working really, really hard. And this is the part you don't see. Like People, people will go... Oh, he's um he's improved now, but he's uh, playing more in midfield or this, that, or the other. But there's a lot of hard work going on in the background. The lad hasn't played midfield since he was 18 years old, so he will have to do a lot of adjusting and working out positionally where he's supposed to be, what he's supposed to do at certain points of the play and certain rotations of of uh, movements that go through and he, where he's got to be in this team. And he's still learning. I think. I think he's still learning that that type of role when he goes into midfield. But I think eventually um, Klopp will probably move him into midfield and he'll be ready to fly. He probably would have already, wouldn't he, if it wasn't for the injury to Robertson, Simicass. That's obviously took his his trump card. Joe Gomez was pretty much coming off the bench every game, either at halftime or on 60 minutes to go into right back to release Trent into midfield. So it's kind of put a spanner in the works, all these injuries to the left, left backs. But if anything, it's give Trent even more uh, confidence to to do what he's best at. Like you say, killing the ball, spreading the play, getting forward. He should have got a goal yesterday. If that went in off the um, post, that would have been an absolutely amazing goal. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, how lucky are we? Obviously, I've had a bit of banter on Twitter with a, a, a few lads, uh, an Arsenal lad. He said, all your best players are 31 plus. And I thought it does hurt me a bit because obviously the, the world-class ones we're talking about, Salah, He's 31. Uh, Van Dyke is 32. Allison, it's different for a keeper, but yeah, he's early yeah. 30s. But then I am with chest adding Trent Alexander Arnold to that world class bracket. So for us to have four players that we can class world class, and there's a thing on Sky Sports I really enjoy watching. I think Carragher and them are going on about it. Like, what is world class? World yeah. class is would that player walk into pretty much any team? Salah would, Allison would. Van Dyke would, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold would walk into any team. And not so much that, like, tied to a right-back position. You know, someone might say Kyle Walker would keep him at the Man City side. But he, he could get played elsewhere, especially with this inverted fullback role. Trent Alexander-Arnold, yeah. for that reason, to me, is world-class now. Yeah, I would I would say he's certainly knocking on the door of it. Um, he's just getting better and better, and he's having an amazing season. You spoke earlier about um, Gomez being in for... Uh, Man of the uh, um, player of the month, and um, I think Trent would be right in that mix as well. Yeah, definitely. Allison, Allison, still obviously reaching levels. <clears throat> I never thought he could, or any keeper could. He's how um, Carragher hasn't got him in the team of the season so far. Did you see he's picked Vicario? No, I, th- I think I think he he gets he gets accused of a lot of bias. So I think he he then has to refrain it. I think that's probably the only reason why he's done it. I don't always buy into these teams of the seasons because they start They're playing around the formation. Aren't they? And yeah, and it's like you're talking about individuals in a team sport. And you know, I've mentioned before about the Ballon d'Or and how I feel about individual awards and acclaims for, for what is essentially a team game. And every if 
any one of them parts doesn't do its job, it makes you win in the game a lot harder. And um, I just what I just think about Liverpool is I think they've got a system. I think they're working it. I think they're clear about what they're trying to do in a game. I think everybody seems clear on the roles and what their responsibility is and what they need to do in certain situations. And we've conceded less goals in the league than anybody else. Now, that yeah. is massive, absolutely huge. And a lot of people are surprised by that because they think we're naturally open. We're going to go gung-ho, we give away chances. We do, but we make sure that we, we, we don't concede. And that, that'll be down to the keeper, down to people like, like Van Dijk, down to people like um, Canati since he's come in. He's been really, really, really impressive. Uh, Matic before him. And we're talking like, Endo as well, and it's like he's just making sure that we're not conceding a barrel load of goals, and and it, it's massive, and that plus our firepower, and the movement and the ability of our midfield to keep going and keep going, and that rotation they can do in sort of sixty or seventy minutes, leads us to be quite optimistic about where things are going. To be honest, definitely. Do you know the what I was thinking today while while I was back at work? hating life that Christmas uh, holiday went too quick was that last season we were saying that I suspect because a lot of people are writing Van Dyke off last season let's be honest yeah. um, there was a lot of social media saying he's past his best and all that but we consistently said if we fix the midfield the defence will look better yeah. and the weird thing about it is I think the midfield's come in for quite a lot of criticism this season if you think about it Gravenberg the jury's out Soberslay is in pretty much horrendous form. I, th- I feel like I was the first one to say it about six weeks ago. Endo's had his knockers, although although he's come come in strong the last three or four weeks. Uh, McAllister was struggling two months ago. He's just had an injury and come back. So if you think about it, there's no midfielder that is absolutely smashing it as a Liverpool player, but the defence looks so much more solid. It's not kamikaze defending. that They're getting that protect- protection that we always wanted. I think I think the mad thing is that there probably is two midfielders that have really come to the fore this year and been consistent, and that's Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott. Yes, and and they are trying to fight their way into that team, and it's raising the standards. And you can see, like Endo thinking, if I don't buck my ideas up when I first come in, I've got to settle quick. I just won't have a place in the team because I'll find someone else. And you see, Graven Birch was a lot better yesterday than he's been in the last couple of weeks. I thought he he, he made a real impact. Yeah, I, thought, I really rate um, him. He gets a bit of negative critique on socials, but I really, yeah, I really rate him. He's not done much wrong at all. No, no, and he's um, he's he's neat in everything he does. I, I I like watching him. I like the way he links in with the forwards. I like the way he does a lot of selfish running as well, um, which is unusual because I was expecting a technically gifted player who was going to probably do a little bit less running, and people have to do a lot more running for him. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing a, a guy who's putting a shift in, and that that'll be that'll be the conversation when Klopp recruits him. It'll be like, are you prepared to run yourself into the ground every single football game, and or get yourself fit enough to be able to do it? And he's gone, okay, I'm up for that. I think Klopp's probably a little bit cautious about his fitness because he's had fitness problems over the last sort of couple of years, hasn't he? But I think I think there's a real player in there, and we'll see him come through in the next few months. Definitely. Uh, just a word for Curtis Jones as well. Linked with Arsenal today, I've seen. True Gunner, if you're really? still with us, linked to Arsenal. Really? Wow. I mean, um, I can't imagine what kind of price would we even put on his head. But see, Curtis Jones is a weird one because like, we barely mention him. 
100 million and a pound. That's what we'll go for. <laughs> Street swap for Saka. <laughs> I think, um, I think it, it shows that he's got quality. And these boys have also thinking to themselves, there's an outside chance of getting into the England squad as you get closer to the Euros as well. And there'll be that drive behind them. I mean, um, Joe Gomez but, as well. When we're talking England, Curtis Jones, Joe Gomez. Yeah, I think Gomez might struggle to get in at right back. I think there's too many right backs, and I think that's probably the versatility position. sometimes for these tournaments, isn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and Southgate will do all sorts of weird things anyway, won't he? Mm. So, uh, God knows who he's going to pick. I wouldn't want to try and double guess the guy. The thing is, they're not exactly blessed with left backs, are they, England? No, Luke the Shaw, who's got his fitness issues, plays trippier there even... quite a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. There you go, right back at left back. So yeah. you never know. Um, Darwin Nunes, OB. Scott. I'm pulling my hair out, mate. Obviously, I've written him off. I've gone on uh, record writing him off about three weeks ago. I'm done. I never want to see him starting a Liverpool shirt ever again. But um, obviously, a lot of that is reverse psychology. I, I want the guy to come good, but he's so frustrating. I think his game yesterday apart from his finishing and I'm going to I'm going to say this was quite good but the trouble with the, the whole situation is his job is to finish more than anything yeah. else so if that's 60 or 70 percent of his job is to put the ball in the back of the net when he gets these chances and he's had got one chance yesterday and he was always going to score he's he's a quality quality finisher yeah, calm under pressure sorts his feet out knows what he needs to do Nunes looks like he's startled every time he's through and it makes you wonder if the chances that he has finished, the ones away in Newcastle, etc., was more luck than judgment. Yeah. And whether he just hasn't got the ability as a finisher. But you've got you've got to make the keeper work. You've got to make the keeper if you're gonna go one way and you've tried to go into the corner and the keeper saves it, I understand that, I get it. But sometimes he's just blasting it straight at the bloody keeper and it's like yeah. what's the point in doing that? The thing is, he's got the pace, Ob. If he had the touch to go round these keepers, I mean, when Jota went through through clean on goal uh, yesterday, you could see it open up, thinking just go round him, and he did. Obviously, what happened after that was a bit laughable, yeah. but anyway. And that's the thing, Nunes. It's like you say, it's like he rushes when he's got time to think. He rushes his feet, sometimes trips over the ball. He just hasn't got that finesse that he needs. Yeah. However, if he starts taking some of these chances. Jesus, we're going to have some player on our hands. I sincerely hope that they're working on it with him. I've got no doubt that they are, but something needs to change in his technique or his mindset when he goes through into these situations. He has a big chance and he's got half a second to think about it. It seems to be the worst thing going for him. Um, what I would say is, like I said, his link-up play was really good yesterday, much improved. I yeah. thought he linked well with Salah. Um, him and Diaz were knocking the ball about really well. Um, and uh, there's, there's a player in there. It's just it's hard to watch him when he's never gonna never gonna be a consistent finisher. Do you think he's never gonna be? Um, I heard someone on Talk Sport. Um, they were reeling off Didier Drogba's stats, and he had a season where he'd, he'd plunder ten goals. The following season, he'd plunder thirty three. Then the following season, back to twelve goals. And I'm thinking, yeah. can you liken him to, to Drogba? I'm not so sure. He's, he's a different type of player to Drogba. But at the and same time, he gets... I mean, we've all said it's a cliche. Would you rather he misses loads of chances or don't get any chances? Um, yeah. I think the best way to say it was we were all calling for Nunes... Uh, sorry, Gakpo 
and jot off the bench at halftime yesterday. He got on on yeah. 60 minutes, but I got him out. I was uh, disappointed when Nunes went off. I thought there's something in this game for him. Yeah, and I, th- I think he, he does an awful lot of running as well. So I don't think he's someone who's going to naturally, if he starts the game, he ain't going to finish it as a rule. Um, and if he is going to come on, he's going to come on and, and do like a little cameo, a 30-minute cameo. He's been proven to be a, very effective as to, in doing that, to be fair. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's a difficult one. I just I just think there's a lot of work that needs to go into it. And the trouble is, the more people talk about it, the more become a thing in his mind. Well, that's so, the thing. So he's, he's obviously, like most players, they're a confidence player. So what good would it do benching him for his confidence to ask him to come on for the last 30 minutes and do his bits? Like, it's almost like Klopp's trying to play him into form, into yeah. confidence, and then there's a player in there. So it's just going to all click. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's a tough one, mate. I, I find it really frustrating to watch him. He actually drives me mad sometimes. And you know, it you know, it's frustrating, isn't it? And it's like, I don't understand why he can't be more consistent in the type of finishes that he does. Now, if the keeper reads it, the keeper reads it. Or if you, you produce two different types of finishes in a one-on-one situation and have them two and just keep going with them two, but just don't panic and blast it as hard as you can yeah. at, the, at the keeper's chest. You know what I mean? It's bizarre. And that's exactly what Jota didn't do for that last goal. Yeah, uh, when exactly. He, it, who did he play in? Was it Curtis Jones? No, it was McAllister played the ball, didn't he? Oh, oh, you're on, oh, you're on about for the penalty. No, the no. last one um, when Jota got an assist and played it oh, inside. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I said did, Nunes yeah. would have blasted that at the keeper's chest. Yeah, yeah he would have um, done. But Jota's got that like calmness and awareness around him, just play a nice ball. Um, and that's what Nunes hasn't got. He hasn't got that ability just to take a moment and so, assess the situation. So- so stranger as well because at times Jota looks manic, but there's yeah. thought processes going on there, and probably experience of going through the same situation on so many occasions. And it sometimes feel like Nunes is a bit green, and I don't know why that is. Whether he just has never played as much football with some as he, these other lads, I, I don't know. I don't understand it, but it looks at times as if he is alien to him to think like, I'm going to hit this in the bottom corner. And just have that as your standard finish, or I'm going to lift it, or I'm always going to try and run past the keeper. He doesn't, he quite often doesn't do any of them, and he just sort of looks startled and blasts the ball as hard as he can, which is. And that must be confidence, OB. It must be. It's got to be. It's um, got to be. And the chances are, chances are these decent keepers are going to save it if you blast it as hard as you can most of the time, yeah. anyway. It's the placement that normally gets the goal. So, Definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm just going to jump into the comments. Chow and Fan TV, great result for Liverpool. Uh, cheers for joining, mate. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're new to the channel. Really appreciate it. Legend. Football Ferreira, Liverpool, Van Say it again, Jose. Endo is so underrated. Honestly, I, f- I feel like I, I need to pen an apology letter to Endo. Not <laughs> not to the point. Not to the point where I think he's like uh, Makaleli or Rodri levels. But there's a position in this team for him, OB. He can do a job. He can do the dirty stuff and give it to the more able players, which is worth its weight in gold sometimes. Uh, Josh, legend. Cheers for tuning in. Josh, you're the man. Uh, Saski Guna, happy new year. Liverpool at top. Gakpo, finish. Clinic, 
finish a clinic and jot a diving clinic. <laughs> Let's talk about that, OB, that penalty. What on earth was he right. thinking? Right. I'm going to try and justify this a little bit. I'm going to have a go at it, right? And I'm sure I'm going to get absolute wads of abuse, right? So when you're as quick as Jota and you go past and the keeper clips you with his elbow, you're going to be put off balance at some point in your running stride. And it's maybe not going to look as good as it did. Uh, it's, it's not going to look very good when that happens because it's, not necessarily enough to just come you, you to come crashing down, but it's going to knock your running stride. And on a wet pitch, you're going to look off balance. That's an attempted defence of what happened. For me, it looked like he should have just tried to, harder to stay on his feet and put the ball in the back of the net. But I think once he knew there was contact, he knows as far, and he went down. Yes. And... That's and do you know what, do you know what the, the problem is? I don't know if you noticed yesterday, OB, but the pitch looked in awful state. It's, it, it has done for so a few muddy. Games. Yeah, it looked, and it looked I think badly. he, I think he didn't. Um, I think he he thought he hit it too far, and it was going to skid out. So he thought, well, I've felt the contact; it's a hundred percent a penalty. So I've got two options: I either go down, or I'm chasing after the ball and I narrow the angle and I miss the opportunity. So he's gone down. But as the pitch was so bad. After he kicked it a bit and it was moving, it slowed down very quick and it was an easy chance for him. And then we're left with rival fans calling us cheaters and divers. And um, the thing was, it's a penalty. 100%. That's the thing. Let the law, it's a penalty. Um, and how many times do players stay on the feet, miss the chance? I mean, the, the thing is, I've seen some crazy, crazy comments from people today and Alan Shearer and. John Terry and and you think of some of the shithousery that they've, they've performed in the past. Yeah. And Harry Kane used to go down all the time. He used yeah. to go down and he still does. If he gets touched, he goes down. They, That's OB, what they all do. Does. Salah does. They do. Supposedly does. did earlier in the season, I think it was against Bournemouth or someone. Yeah. Saka goes down. They all go down. Ultimately, they're told to do it because once there's contact, especially if they're, if they're trying to readjust themselves, it can be difficult. So you're trying to sort your feet out enough to put a ball in the back of the net. I think as soon as he was clipped, I think he was he, he was all, out of his stride and you can see that. And then at that point, he thinks, oh, I've, I've been touched, I'm, I'm going down. And that's that's what he's thought. Uh, I've seen even on social media, Twitter today, that Luis Diaz is getting some criticism for going down. That, I mean, that was, that was a penalty. A penalty. Yeah, it was a penalty. See, what, what, what do pe these rival fans see? Like, what are they, what are they trying to achieve? Absolutely by every no every penalty getting called divers. And look, if you go in like that and you dive towards the feet, you feel contact, you're going down no matter what. Any player Ab is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's not forget, Obi, a dive is when they slow it down, there was no contact and they throw themselves to the floor. Exactly. People are yeah, muddy in the, the waters. This is a thing. I'm seeing a lot of really upset Newcastle fans talking and a lot of upset rival fans. Joe Linton, why wasn't he given two yellow cards? Oh, that, that was, was the, probably the... The biggest mistake in the game from the officials' perspective, they played the advantage and he should have brought him back and booked him because it was a clear booking. He didn't do it and he gets a yellow card later. And it's like, why didn't he? It I, felt I, odd I, to I, everyone watching it, yeah, everyone in the, the stadium. Thing, it was normal play on. This is it, Scott. It's not about VAR, it's about the incompetence oh, of the officials who are running it. 
and they absolutely don't know what they're doing. They're inconsistent, um, and I don't think it's I don't think it's 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 corruption. I, I still believe it's incompetence. I think they've got too much. They've got too much to think about in these situations, and they're not capable of doing the basics. So, how are they going to think about? Is this handball because it's this? Because it's this? Because it's that? Because it, and once you've had all them rules in their head, that they, they don't know what to do, you know. And then and then it goes to VAR, and VAR will go, "Well, we'll stick with you because it's a bit inconclusive." So whatever that referee decides to go, oh, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll give the penalty. They'll go, "Oh, we're not reversing it, or we won't give the penalty." And it's like that's the incompetence that's going on, and it's just so widespread. I can't I can't name a decent referee in that league. No, I don't think anyone can anymore, can they? And it's getting worse. That's the problem. It's getting worse. They're digging the hole deeper and deeper. It's getting worse. There's almost VAR mistakes in every, well, maybe not yeah. every game, but every weekend there's a, a VAR mistake. What, what um, I would and you say, think Scott, when VAR came in three years ago, it wasn't every week like this. No, They're digging a no, hole for themselves. Absolutely. The, the rules need simplified to match the new video assistant referee because um, the, the, let's be honest, VAR isn't going anywhere. So the rules need simplified for it to be quick, easy decisions, easily explainable, and we need to mic the refs up, and that's it. Definitely. Uh, Saski Guna says, Sobo been good. Did he get hurt and out there? And apparently he's got a bit of a pull. I don't know if it's hamstring it's, or not. It's hammy. He he's his, yeah, he's done his hammy. Do you know what? I don't want any player to get injured, at least of all a hamstring injury that could end up being two months. But I think Soboslai needs a rest, and he might benefit from a bit of January off. It's not great timing because obviously it's been mooted that he could be a cover for Salah in that right wing yeah. area if it's not Harvey Elliott or if Jota's not playing out on the right. So it's not great timing at all. But um, he does, I think it's sort of slightly looks quite knackered. A couple yeah, of weeks rest does. might do him good. I'd, I'd say as well that he probably needs, um, he, he's been playing a lot of football on some really, really ropey pitches, as in our pitch, because we've played them three home games and I haven't been impressed with the pitch on any of the games. So United won the Arsenal one and then the one last night. The Arsenal one, everybody was slipping. I don't know if you picked yeah. up on that. The pitch was terrible. Yeah. And then the United one, it wasn't amazing either. So I think, I don't know whether it's a result of building a new stand and the sunlight is causing a problem in, in uh, for the grass, but they need, to, they need to find an alternative solution quickly and either dry it out and then wet it before we play, or or work on whatever they need to do with it. I'm not I'm not a gardening expert, but everyone can see that the pitch isn't right. Claude Greengrass, um, True Gunner says, "Who you guys play when Salah go Afcon?" We'll just mention it there, mate. Sobaslai, I think, was getting the nod, but I think it might be Jota might move over to the right, or even Nunes over to the right. We've got options. We've got Ben Doak who's fell off the radar a little bit after some unconvincing performances in the Europa League, but he's just a kid. He's like 18 years old, isn't he? Yeah. And then Harvey Elliott, yeah. who we've kind of yeah. mentioned, hasn't got pace to play there, but the, he could do a job. The other, the other option would be Cody Gakpo. Um, yeah. Play him out there and play Nunes through the middle and Diaz on the on the other side. Um, I think he's uh, I think he's capable. He's intelligent enough to play out in them roles, but I I've got a feeling he might go for Elliot. I really do, and I don't know why. They start using Elliot as one of the one of the front three for a little bit. Um, might not might not make him too popular with the other players who are missing out on starting. But I've got a feeling that we might see Elliot in that role at certain points of the game, whether it be first sixty minutes or the last thirty. Do you know what? I don't know if you've noticed before, but Luis Diaz is not the paciest. 
And obviously, Salah's lost a, a yard of pace in the last couple of years. He's early 30s now. So it's not all about pace, like, with wingers no. tearing no. past a fullback. That's, um, like, back in the 90s, isn't it? Yeah, that 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 pass, though. What Diaz has improved on is his passing. That mm. pass yesterday where he put it through to, was it Nunes who crossed it to Salah to tap it in? Yeah. That was a stunning pass, and they hardly talked about it on the telly. And it's like that—that that made the goal. He split the defense open with one pass, and it's about having that intelligence. So Elliot certainly got that ability. Hundred percent has got that ability, and that's something that he uh, he will be able to flourish in, providing we give him the space and the support around him to do that. And he loves coming onto his left foot as well, doesn't he? Much like he Mo Salah. Um, but yeah, Luis Diaz—that was. Um, encouraging yesterday, wasn't it? That's probably his best performance in a couple of months, certainly since his, his dad was kidnapped by that cartel. Yeah, absolutely. He, he needed was, it um, as well, didn't he? Yeah, he's he been did, coming he in for a bit of criticism. It. He did need it. Um, interesting that they kept on letting him show himself into the in, inside. I was thinking it's poor defending to let him go inside because if you were defending against him, you'd want him to go outside you. Um, I think but, it was a bit naive from Liveramento because the yeah. Trippier was ruled out, wasn't he, with a, yeah, an injury, was, yeah. allegedly, or he's been like impregnating 16-year-olds or something, <laughs> if you believe the rumours. But yeah, yeah the, Trippier was a big miss for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Luis Diaz, it was good to see it from him. He, my God, he, he needed it. Um, just talking to True Guna there, I'm going to go on his stream for the Arsenal-Liverpool game. Uh, but I mentioned to him when we'd done a stream before the Liverpool-Arsenal game, it feels to me like Arsenal are like top of the league, but they've still got another gear to go. Whereas I felt that Liverpool were hanging on to the, the upper echelons of the league by yeah. our fingertips. In the last couple of games, Obi, I feel different now. I feel like we've got players coming into form now and now we can actually go up to go up a level, even though we're top of the league. How's that for you? I'm, 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 I'm going to say that the depth of our squad, the depth of quality of our squad, is probably more than Arsenal's. Um, yeah, I, and this is my biggest concern for any sort of potential title running. I think that City have got two players of an equal quality in every bloody position, which makes me think that when we go down down the home straight, I think they're going to probably take everybody and, and go on and win the league. Um, I would say. I think we've got much strength and depth. So when when the odd players got injured, we haven't suffered as much as maybe other teams have. And you've seen it with Tottenham, see it to a lesser extent with Arsenal. And uh, I think a lot of the players being asked to play a lot of football at Arsenal and their performance the other night looked really flat. I thought I thought they looked they looked off the pace. They looked flat. They looked they looked they were, shattered to me. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and um, Odegaard isn't the same player as he was start of last season. I don't know what's going on there. It looks like he needs a rest. Um, I don't think Rice is as good as Party was last year, and I know that's controversial, but ultimately mm. Party at the start of last year was absolutely flying. And um Sacrin Martinelli are not hitting the goals like no. they should if they were ever gonna be compared to peak Salah and Mane, are they? Absolutely, and they haven't got a goal scorer, have they? So we're talking mm. about missing chances and our expected goals being seven point whatever it is a game. Um <laughs> our XG. Um, and we're we're going. Oh, we should have done this, and we should have scored more goals. And we're scoring four, and and, and they're not doing that. So it shows us a difference in the attacking abilities, the chances we're we're creating in a game, and the chances of actually making big chances that we're taking. Uh, 
Jose says, Trent, the kid from Liverpool who becomes Zidane and Iniesta whenever he wants. His talent is unreal. Just shame he still can't defend, but defensively he's been pretty solid in a lot of games this season. That's a good point, that is, Jose. But this is what teams at the top of the league do, isn't it, OB? They just look better defensively because they're on the front foot and teams are coming to nullify us as an attacking threat, which means they're not so adventurous forward. It's it's all a knock-on effect from how the whole team's performing. Your place in the league, you know, obviously last season, Liverpool, everyone smelt blood against us. We had an aging midfield. We had injury problems. Diaz missed half the season. Jota missed half the season. Things were just not clicking, but now obviously we're on the front foot at the top of the league. And yeah, Trent, you can obviously, as Jose just said, he can invert whenever he wants. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's brilliant. Um, we've got to talk about Mo Salah, Obi. I mean, he could have, should have had a, a hat trick yesterday if he could just nail this penalty taking. He needs to take it off. He's missed. Oh, 100%. Scott, I tweeted it. It's enough's often. enough. Like I'm all for padding his stats, all right. I want him to be the top goal scorer, but we're talking about winning leagues here. Like we cannot afford to drop points, giving him penalties to pad his stats. We just can't. We need someone Absolutely. like Sobosly to be on them. Maybe I don't know if Trent is decent on them. Van Dyke takes a great penalty, but it's time. We never fancy him when he gets the pen, do we? No, None of us. No, no. And it, it's the same every single time. You think, oh, don't let him take the penalty. And it was yeah. my first reaction is because when I saw Trent holding it for the first one, I thought Trent's going to take it. Yeah. And then he walked over and give him the ball and then Salah kisses the ball and you know what's going to happen next. And it's like, even the second one, I was thinking, oh. When he scores a penalty, the feeling isn't elation, is it? It's relief. Yeah. I always feel relieved very, very... He's, he's not missed another one. Yeah, absolutely. He's, um, he was a strange player yesterday because I thought first half he was terrible. And the second half, it was absolutely peak Salah yeah. and unplayable with his passing, his movement, his, his goal scoring. It was unplayable. And he was like, he, but he does that in games. So, I mean, there was an argument to hook him at half time. I mean, Klopp never would, but he was so bad in Not the first Not before AFCON as well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... I don't know what we're going to see when he comes back. I don't know how many games he's going to play when he's over there. But I think... Um, Hopefully three, three and out. Yeah, absolutely. I'll Sorry, be cheering Mo. Every, <laughs> I'll be cheering everybody in Egypt plays, um, probably from a selfish perspective. Burkina Faso, big fans. Mali. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I've always always supported Mali. Uh, Saskia Guna says, Nunes, Gakpo, Diaz are not old, or Gravenberg. Uh, I'm not sure what that's in reference to, Saskia, but yeah... Listen, they're young and they've got time on the side. If they can, if they can creep into that world class category, Obi, I'll take it all day. Yeah, absolutely. I think what he'll do is he'll develop these players around um, around these world class players, and then hopefully they'll develop into being world class themselves over time. And then you get younger players who are then world class that you bring through, you know, and it just continues. But um, it's all good. Under the guidance of Jurgen Klopp, Trav's joined. Cheers, Trav. You've got to go on and win the league from here now, boys. <laughs> oh, I like oh, it. Oh, dear. Big up, Saski Guna. Nice one, Josh. Uh, Travis, get on the show. Sing Onana, Onana. <laughs> What's that thing i seen today about Onana wants to uh, play the next two Man United games? 
Apparently, so he wants he to miss the start to, of the AFCON. Yeah, he was really eager to stay and win negotiations, but I think I think they've hooked him and said, "No, you're coming over." I Why? mean, personally, Why would he do that? I don't, Mark Goldbridge I, tweeted that he's fearful of losing his number one jersey. Yeah, well, I mean, to, to be quite honest with you, I imagine that the club and the country are both battling to send him to the other one. So uh, <laughs> you're having him? No, you're having yeah, him. Yeah, that's it. I think that's what the real negotiation was. Uh, Saski is Salah gone now? Yes, mate, that's him. Uh, potentially, he's going to miss up to eight games if we beat Arsenal in the FA Cup on Sunday, which is a big if, considering it's at the Emirates. And I think we're not going to go full strength there, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Van Dijk's getting back to form and you can tell the impact it's having on Liverpool defence, even on Canate had impact too, massively. Canate against Arsenal was just out of this world. He's such a good player. He's obviously got his injury problems. We always pray that he can stay injury free. But yeah, Van Dijk, I mean, is it well, as simple as we're not hitting him with as much uh, defence do now that we've fixed the midfield problem? Or is he just relishing this captain's armband and he's taking his game to a new level? I think it's what's really interesting is I'm seeing a different Van Dyke. So you're seeing a very verbal Van Dyke on the pitch. We're it's like he's got a bit of anger now, isn't he? Yeah, not just, he is. He, not just in his verbal, cute. but in his defending. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he looks angry and he's shouting a lot more. Whereas before he used to be a calm, um, sort of stabilizing influence, he seems to be taking the mantra of I'm going to drive this team and I'm going to tell everybody when they do something wrong. He absolutely went berserk at Trent when he gave the ball away. Um, and and that and that's exactly what he should be doing. He should be saying it doesn't happen. And I think Trent came over and they give each other like the hand slap literally before there was the, any more movement with the ball after it happened. But Trent knew, tell him, he? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He knew. And he, he, knows, he knows the standards are expecting. And for me... A good captain will drive the standards and go, this is the standards of behaviour. This is what we expect to happen. If you do something wrong, I'm the manager on the pitch. I'm going to bloody tell you. And that's that's what you want. And that's what that's why Klopp always kept with Henderson for so long, even though like his position in the team at various points was under pressure because he's a he's a manager on the pitch. He's a leader on the pitch. And um, Van, Van Dijk's really took that on board this season and seems to be a lot more verbal. And it wouldn't surprise me a few years down the line if we see that Jürgen talks about how he's, he's pulled Van Dijk in mid, and after the first season of being captain and said, you need, to do, you need to do a lot more. You need to be a lot more present. And I want to hear you shouting. I want to hear you leading because you know how to play the game. You're, a, mm. you're, you're the main man at the club. You know what I mean? And he pretty much is, isn't he? Um, oh, definitely. Or you're one, one of the main men at the club. So just take, take it and lead it. And that's it. He he came out during the week with some words for Kwanzaa, didn't he? Uh, you know about Kwanzaa's comments after Matip got injured and he defended yeah. him saying, look, he didn't mean any offence to it. It was probably not the right thing to say, but he's a young lad. He'll learn from it, almost taking him under his wing. And I thought that was just these little bits of class that you don't normally think, like the things that the captain must do behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, Steven Gerrard obviously handed down to Jordan Henderson and he, he was very much the captain off the field as well as on it. Yeah, uh, Saski says Curtis Jones had a decent season. You're not wrong there, mate. Hundred million really and a pound, and he's all yours. Or <laughs> straight swap for Saka. Uh, Moss hit the thumbs, so everyone should. I told you Darwin is always making chances. Something to be said about that. I can't agree more, Saski. I just want him to start taking some of these chances. 
to start padding his stats a bit more because obviously I think he's has he scored one goal in the last ten games or something. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's getting away with it while we're top of the league and he's he's got quite a few assists. So, I just hope something turns for him soon. Uh, it needs, says, it needs to happen. It needs to happen, especially during the international break. Uh, not the international break. Well, Salah's away, and we've got this gap of goals that we need to um, we need to we need to sort of deal with really. And I think that Nunes is going to have to find some serious form. Definitely, hope he does. Uh, shame because Nunes. Again, had a decent game. His work rate was very good, but it's always the finish that let him down. Can't agree more, mate. Uh, Ferreira. <laughs> uh, let's see if he can step up when Salah goes AFCON. Klopp maybe keeping him fresh. I just don't know what's going what's gonna to happen. That first team sheet, OB, it's going to hit hard, isn't it? Because we've basically, Salah's been ever-present for, what, six years now on that right-hand side? Obviously, apart yeah. from Europa League games... Ben Doak plays there, but it's going to be the first team sheets we see um, is going to be telling Don't. who he tries to play there. Mould Jota there, Mould Nunes there, Gakpo coming off the right instead of the left, Harvey Elliott, Saboslai if his injury's not too um, severe. Yeah. Luis Diaz is quality. Agree, uh, Jose. I just need a few more goals from him. Um, I've obviously slated Martinelli's goals return, so I need to be consistent and say I wouldn't mind some more goals from Luis Diaz. Liverpool have a way better squad than Arsenal. Arsenal is finished, mate. Wow. <laughs> uh, I won't comment on that until until half six Sunday, mate, after the FA Cup. But that FA Cup game, it's a bit of a free hit, though, isn't it, OB? Because, look, I don't want to go out of any competition. I'd like to win them all, of course I would. But when you're at the top of the league, uh, and let's say we did go far in the... FA Cup, the League Cup, we have a push for the league. The Europa League not being the Champions League, it wouldn't, I mean, touch wood, we're not going to do it, but it wouldn't be a quadruple, would it? No, it wouldn't. Because no. it's not the Champions no. League. So I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'll happily forego the FA Cup, to be honest. I want us to win every game. I think if we can do it with uh, resting a couple, um, that's brilliant. It'd be interesting to see both teams, what they put out. Um, and that that will probably drive what happens. But as a rule, when these two big like when two big teams play each other, it's normally the team who's at home who can go through. Yeah. And that's simply because like the the other team will rest a few players. So um, yeah, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. Uh, Jose says he's missed four out of the last eleven, not four out of the last ten. It's still unacceptable, Jose. Um, whenever you have a penalty call, Penaldo. <laughs> Fair play to Clot, as I thought he didn't have energy to battle Pep again. Yeah, we're back, Trav. Uh, you know it more than anyone, mate. Um, Dean J96, cheers for joining, Dean. I don't think I've seen you before, mate. So don't forget to hit that like and subscribe if you're new. Really appreciate you tuning in. If you could pick a win over Arsenal, would you rather win the FA Cup or League? That's not even a question, is it, OB? League. <laughs> I've league, already answered it. League. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want, I want to win the league. It's I'm not saying I want to me. dip out of the FA Cup like Man United no, did no. in uh, 1999, I mean, 2000. But ultimately, I'd want to, I'd want to win every competition we're in. But uh, the league is the priority this season. We all know it is. I still think City are favourites. I still think City will win it if, if you ask me to put um, some money on it. And um, I'm just hoping that they they have a bit of a wobble or they'll have a few hard. Champions League games or decide to go deep in the FA Cup and it causes them some problems. The difficulty is that they've got two 
players three players in some cases in each position and they can just rotate and there isn't really a drop off. Definitely. Dean says I'd go both wins as well, but winning at Arsenal in the league, oh definitely. Yeah, look, the FA Cup, look, if we go out, I won't lose any sleep, but we go to Arsenal, the Emirates, I think two weeks later or three weeks later, another game that Salah's going to miss. That would be a title-winning statement to win at Arsenal. We've already drew at Man City. If we can at least get a draw at the Emirates or beat them, it's going to set us up nicely, isn't it? It'll be... Yeah, 100%. 100%. Let, let, let's see. Let's see because... Uh... These FA Cup games are strange and it won't really be a reflection on what happens in the league game either. So um, let's just... And that's what you've got to do if you want to win the leagues, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. You go away. Big away wins. Yeah. Or you just don't get beat. And that's the other one. You just go away and you go, I'm not going to get beat. And you don't win all your home games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think we've got that that, that in us now where we showed it at at City. We didn't play at our best. Showed a lot of resilience and we come out of a 1-1 draw and and that's that. That was massive. That result cannot be underestimated in the in the in the whole season, really. You know what I mean? And if we do get over the line and we do somehow manage to win the league, that will be the, one of the results that you look back on and go, "That was key." Not going there and, and 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 making sure that we didn't lose the game. Your boy Trent Arnold pulled us out of the mire. What a goal that Absolutely. was! Absolutely, right, Ob. It's twenty twenty four. We're top of the league. Life doesn't get any better than this, does it? Nope. Doesn't absolutely <laughs> live in the dream. Call call the league now. Make it done. I'll, I'll take it. Long may it continue. Um, if anyone's yeah. made it this far, don't forget to like and subscribe. It really helps us out loads to uh, have the energy to make more of these videos. But join me, Ob, Travis, Naz, and Robert for all Liverpool, Man United, and Arsenal content as we see the season out. It's going to be a big one. Ob, cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. Some header. Oh, you beauty! What a headshot!